My name is Jonah. My father's name is Amittai. And I'm a preacher. I'm a prophet. I've spent my entire life serving Yahweh, the Lord my God. My life started in an incredible way. I was living alone with my mother. She was a widow. And I actually died. And another prophet, another incredible man of God, Elijah, prayed fervently to the Lord and restored my life. And I knew at that point I would be indebted to the Lord for the rest of my life. And so I said, Lord, here I am, use me. And God gave me many messages to go and share through the years. However, I'm, a, I'm troubled this morning, and I want to share my heart with you this morning as it pertains to the greatest calling on my life. See, we live during dangerous times, trying times. The awful, evil nation of Assyria continues to oppress not just God's people, but all people. They are an awful people. They are an evil people. They are barbaric. They kill and make no apologies for it whatsoever. I've had friends die because of the Assyrians. And so I have to confess to you this morning, I hate them. I hate them in my heart. I've hated them for a very long time. These awful people, these evil people, centered in that city of Nineveh. You may say, why talk about hate? Why bring that up this morning? Well, the Lord brought a call upon my life. And he said, Jonah, it's time to go and preach. You're going to preach to a people that are wicked. You're going to preach against their wickedness. I knew where it was going. God said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against its wickedness. I couldn't believe it. I've served the Lord faithfully my entire life. I've done anything that he's asked, and he knows how I hate those people. He knows how evil those people are. And I'm the one that will go and preach? I have to be honest with you, it's a suicide mission to go and to preach to people like that. They don't have any time for the Lord our God. They don't have any time for His holy word. They don't have any time for obedience. All they want to do is kill and oppress. And God tells me, Jonah, to go and preach to them. So I decided I'm not going to do it. I'm not going east to Nineveh. Instead, I decided I'm going west to Tarshish. And so I went down to Joppa, the port city, and I decided I'm going to get as far away from God as I possibly can. And so I did something that's pretty unheard of. 
I boarded a ship and I paid the fare ahead of time. See, in our day, typically, you don't have to pay the fare until you arrive safely, but I wanted to get away. I didn't want any answers. I decided I will go. I will pay the fare ahead of time. I confess to you this morning I was troubled. I confess to you this morning I was not at peace. But I hate those Assyrians. No way was I going to go and preach to them. And so I boarded the ship and the ship took off and I decided that it was time to sleep. And so I went below deck and I began to sleep and I slept and I slept and I slept. The next thing I know, the captain of the ship is awakening me. He's screaming in my face, how can you sleep? We're all about to die. Get up and call upon your God. Get up and cry for mercy. I came to the top deck and Crazy things were happening. They were throwing cargo overboard. The crew was doing anything they possibly can. Not one of the crew were God-fearers, and they were praying to God. And they had it all figured out. Finally, one of them looked at me and said, What is it that you have done? The storm was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. And I knew it was God's greatness, his wrath being poured out against me. See, I was running away from God, and my God is a great God. And I knew that this storm, I knew that this impending tragedy was all my fault. And so I gathered them together, and I said, um, you know, I'm a Hebrew I fear the Lord my God. I'm running from the Lord my God. And the only solution for all of us is for you to throw me overboard. Even though they weren't God-fearing people, they didn't want to do it. They had a real hesitation to ending my life, but I knew that I was as good as gone. I knew that I was going to die. God was punishing me for my rebellion. God was calling me out for running away from his call. And so I finally said, just get on with it. And so they asked in advance for forgiveness, and they picked me up, and they threw me overboard. It was incredible, the greatness of God. Almost as soon as I hit the waters, the storm stopped. And I knew, right then, right there, my God really is a great God. Well, I assumed that I would drown so far out at sea. But before long, I was no longer struggling to breathe. I was no longer struggling to swim. I found myself in a warm and dark and moist kind of place. I'd be there for three days and for three nights. I wasn't sure where I was. I wasn't sure if I'd died and gone to be with the Lord. But finally I realized, as crazy as this may sound, 
I'd been swallowed up by some beast of the sea. It didn't smell very good. It wasn't very enjoyable, but at least I was safe. And I began to realize at that point that the great God that I serve had saved me. And so I prayed a prayer to the Lord. It was a prayer of repentance. It was a prayer asking for forgiveness. But the bottom line was this. I thanked Yahweh God for being my salvation in the midst of the storm. My God's a great God. My God is also mighty to save. After a time, the next thing I know, I'm no longer in the beast of the sea and I'm now on dry land. And I was thankful. I was happy. I was grateful. And I wondered, what's next? And so, my God is a God of second chances. And so he gave me an assignment again. It was very much like the first assignment. It was go to the great city of Nineveh, and I'll tell you what to preach. Well, after an experience like that, I had to go. And so Nineveh was very far from the port city of Joppa. And so it took me quite a while to get there, but as I arrived in Nineveh, I was determined that I would do what the Lord told me to do. Would I die? Probably. Would my life end? More than likely. But I'm a preacher. I'm a prophet. And the God that I serve has given me an assignment, and I'm going to honor that assignment. And so it took me three days to walk through Nineveh. All around Nineveh, very, very large place. They, they claim that more than 120,000 people live there. And so my message was very simple. It's the message from the Lord. 40 more days, and the city will be no more. I have to tell you, I enjoyed preaching that sermon. I knew my life could end very soon, but I had great joy in my heart looking at these evil awful people that I hated and letting them know they were on the clock. Letting them know their time was almost up. Forty more days and Nineveh will be no more. But then something happened that I didn't expect. I wasn't killed. People didn't come and beat me. These evil, awful people that I hate did the unthinkable. They started to repent. They took off their clothes, and they put on sackcloth. And everywhere I went, the response was the same. Reverent fear for my God. How can this be? These are evil people. These are awful people. These are barbaric people. And they're sitting on the ground in the dirt. We're in sackcloth? How can it be? Word reached the palace, the king of Nineveh, and I thought, here we go. 
this little charade will be over very soon. But the king took it to a, a whole nother level altogether. He proclaimed a fast of all people and all animals. He said, everybody will repent. He said, everybody will submit. He said, everybody will wear sackcloth. He said, everyone will bow in reverent fear to the Lord. And again, I'm loving this. This is great. These evil, awful people who have done so much harm, who have killed my friends. Not only are they going to die in 40 days, they're going to die in humility. They're going to die in the dirt. They're going to die wearing sackcloth. And then it happened. I kind of knew what was coming. My God, my great and mighty God that I serve, my God that brings salvation, he changed his mind. He saw the repentance. He saw the acts of humility. And he relented. He said, I will not destroy the people of Nineveh. They, they were relieved. They were so thankful. Me, I was just angry. I was as mad as you can be. And I cried out to the Lord, God, I knew you'd do this. I knew this is how you would act. I knew that you would relent, that you're slow to anger, you're compassionate, you're full of love. I knew when you saw the repentance, you'd change your mind. And destroy them no more. I, I lashed out at God. And I know that I should not have. I know that I was not really in good standing anyway because of the, the whole rebellion thing running away from him. But I let him know I really resented his love and compassion for those people. Well, love and compassion for my people, my brothers and sisters, absolutely. But not those people. Not those barbarians. Not those evil ones. And God said to me, who do you think you are? Don't I have the right to do whatever I want to do? And I knew the answer. I didn't want to answer. I didn't answer. But I was reminded that not only is my God great, not only is my God mighty to save, but my God's a good God even when he's dealing with people who are not good. I was so angry, I couldn't stick around. And so I left the city of Nineveh. The parties were going on. The celebrations were going on. The calamity had been averted. I wanted no part of that celebration. And so I went out to the hot desert near the city. And I sat down hoping that I would die, hoping that my life would come to an end. And the sun was powerful 
uh, overpowering, really. And I thought, it's going to happen. But then the next morning, a crazy thing happened right there in the desert. A vine, a large vine sprung up. It was almost like it was a gift from God. And so I went and I sat underneath the vine and the sun couldn't even touch my head. I've never been so thankful for a vine my entire life. And so I still wasn't happy with God. I still wasn't happy with the celebrations that were going on. But at least I had some relief from the sun. At least I could sit back and reflect. I sat there all day long, sun up to sun down, in the shade, and it was like salvation. It was like a blessing. I was so thankful. Still not ready to go back to the city. I stayed nonetheless. And then the next morning I woke up and something had happened to the vine. It had withered in the night to the point of dying. And by mid-morning, the vine was dead. And the sun was beating down on my head once again. And I could take it no more. And so I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm so angry. I want to die. Right now. Today. The Lord spoke to me once again. He said, Jonah, what's your problem? What's your deal? You had nothing to do with this vine. You didn't grow it. You didn't kill it. And you're angry enough to die? I didn't really have an answer. And he said to me, how dare you with hatred in your heart and anger on your lips condemn me for being a good and gracious and compassionate God. He said, look at that city. 120,000 people that don't know their right hand from their left. Why shouldn't I care about them? Why shouldn't I spare them? Why shouldn't you care about them? Why shouldn't you rejoice in their salvation? And so I stand before you this morning conflicted. Our God's a great God. Our God is mighty to save. Our God is a good God. But hatred invaded my heart. Anger invaded my soul. And I forgot the most important lesson of all. That God is God. 
And Jonah is Jonah. And God can and will do whatever he wants. And so I wish I had a happy ending for you. I'm still trying to process all of this. I stand before you this morning, I'm not really sure how I feel about all of this. But I know that hatred's not good, but it got the best of me. Anger's not good, it got the best of me. It got in the way of my relationship with my great and good God who's mighty to save. The story of Jonah, uh, as I was listening to the sermon, um, it's a story that's really easy for us uh, to make ourselves about the story. When you look at Jonah and you read it, it's easy to think Jonah's at the center of it, but really, the Lord is at the center of it, and his imprints are throughout all of the story and how the Lord was working in the life of Jonah in the life of every person in that story. And so as I'm like thinking about my life, it's so easy for me to make my life about me, right? And really my life isn't about me, it's about the Lord. It's about how he's working and being in tune with what he wants to do with my life and letting him lead me and not letting myself get in the way. Sometimes we are our biggest enemy, right? And as I'm just sit back and listening to Greg do that first person sermon, Jonah was one of his biggest enemies. But the Lord was still able to use him. The Lord was faithful. And I'm so thankful that our God is a God of second chances. Aren't you? Man, it's good, isn't it? We mess up a lot. But God still loves us. And sends us his grace. And I'm so thankful. And I'm just seeing some of the smiles on your faces right now when I said second chances. God is good, right? God is good. All right, let me, let me pray for us. Dear Holy Father, we thank you so much. You are so good. We thank you for second chances. We thank you for your grace, for your love, for your guidance and how you lead us. Help us to get out of the way so we can see you doing a work in our lives. Help us to yield to your Holy Spirit. We love you so much, God. You're so good. You're so good to us, even though we don't deserve it. And we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, so we can be in right relationship with you again. It's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, every Sunday we, we offer an invitation, and this invitation be, can be for so much. It can be for becoming a member of the church, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior for that first time. It can be just wanting prayer. Um, we're going to close with a hymn. Um, where, oh, you're standing right behind me. I'm looking for Mark out there. Um, we're going to close with a hymn. And if you want prayer, if you want anything, come forward. I'd love to pray with you. 
And then don't forget the fireside room out here. There'll be an elder out there too who would love to pray with you if you'd like something a little bit uh, more intimate. So if you would, please, please stand as we sing our last hymn.